0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be listening. Welcome in to yet another episode of the Right is Ryan podcast. We made it to episode six. We had a little bit of a hiatus, but we're back now. We're excited. The football season is completely underway, both college and NFL. Tons of things to talk about. I could not be more excited to get started. We're going to go over a few different topics today. I think they're really important, especially this first one. The NFL has a real issue that it needs to resolve. And you could replace that, you know, you could say that could be a couple of different things, but I'm letting you know, there's one major issue, really two, I'll probably touch on both, but there's one major issue I want to hit on. I think if you watch the NFL, you already know what I'm going to say, but I'll get into that in just a moment. Again, welcome in episode six, the right is Ryan podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe, follow like button You're on Spotify, also available wherever you get your podcast. Now, first of all, as just a bit of a lead-in before I get into today's topics, we all know that person, right? The one, you know who they are, that can never admit when they're wrong. They're the worst. You know who they are. I guarantee you right now, anyone listening, you're probably smiling, grinning, laughing, chuckling, because you already are picturing somebody, right? Those that cannot admit when they're wrong, or even worse, can never know when they're wrong. They can be shown mountains of evidence, proof, and they cannot comprehend it, right? We all know someone like that. Well, That is basically what I think is happening right now within the NFL. There are a couple of items that need to be addressed, that need to be shifted and changed. Hopefully, they will be soon. I know it's an incremental process at times, but it just really feels like we're witnessing that person that just cannot comprehend the concept that they may be wrong. They're maddening to deal with, absolutely frustrating. And guess what? If you can't think of anyone like that, well, friend, I got something to tell you. That means it's probably you. So try to be aware. Self-awareness is amazing. It's a phenomenal quality to have. Trust me, it'll tie into the topics I get into here in just a moment, but I just wanted to address that up front how frustrating those people are to deal with. They're absolutely maddening. You show them a mountain of evidence to the opposite of their opinion, thoughts, feelings, beliefs. It absolutely does not matter. It doesn't change their mind. And a lot of times they dig in further. I think that's what we've been seeing and I'll get into it just a little bit further later. Again, thank you for tuning in episode six of the Writer's Rhyme podcast. Let's get it started. All right, let's go ahead and get started here. I have something to discuss. It's really important. If anybody watches NFL football, you already know what I'm going to say. But let's discuss one of the NFL's biggest problems they have going right now and how they can solve it. The biggest issue right now, technically there's two, but we're going to start with this one, is penalties. Namely, roughing the passer penalties. I know what you're going to say. You need to protect the quarterback. I get it. I want Patrick Mahomes protected as much as anybody else. Trust me, you already know if you listen to the first few episodes of this podcast. I am a staunch Chiefs fan. I don't hide that, but I like to remain partial as best as I can. So this is not just me being a homer. But I'll begin with Sunday. Here, just a couple days ago, the Buccaneers playing the Falcons. Buccaneers absolutely dominating the entire game, first three quarters, up 21 to nothing. It's really not even a game. It was about a 10-point spread as well, so it seems like Vegas got it right if you're so inclined in the sports betting world. It's not even a game. But here along comes the Atlanta freaking Falcons. Here in the fourth quarter, they put up 15 unanswered. They are rolling. The comeback is officially on. Tom Brady's undefeated against the Falcons. Well, here they come to end that streak. Grady Jarrett comes around, beats his blocker sacks Tom Brady, and then Jerome Boger, the NFL referee, all of a sudden decides to throw a personal foul, roughing the passer penalty. It wasn't close. It was absolutely ridiculous. There is no arguing it. It was not egregious. It was not malicious. Jarrett was not trying to harm Tom Brady in any way. And this was evident in the post-game press conference with Tom, where a reporter asked him basically what he thought of that penalty. And he essentially just responded with, well, I don't throw the flags. Which basically translates to, yeah, holy crap, that was a horrible penalty. But hey, it benefited me and I don't throw the flags. So what do you want from me? And you know, to be completely honest, I can't blame Tom. If I was him, I'd be saying the same thing. Like, whew, got away with that one. Falcons were coming back. We might not have won that game, so I will take it. If I need a bad call here and there, I'll take it, sure. I don't fault the player. Not for a second. I agree. But as a fan of the game, there is too much on the line with these games anymore. And back to a little bit what I talked about before. I don't know how everybody feels about it, but sports betting is a thing now. It's legal in many states. It's There's official betting partners of the NFL. It's a known thing. It's all good, right? But when you do that, there's so much legal money on all of these games that you cannot have them decided by the referees on bogus calls. This is, and Jerome Boger, unfortunately, has a history of doing some of these, of calling some of these plays. And something needs to be done, okay? And I'll get to that here in a moment, but I'm not done yet. So, you know, if you listen to the podcast, I I rant a little bit. It's okay. Trust me, you'll be fine. Just bear with me. So he makes this call it comp- it allows the Buccaneers to keep the drive going, completely alters the course of the game. Long story short, Buccaneers end up winning. Now, there is absolutely no guarantee that the Falcons secure that dub. They might not score. They might fumble or get a strip sack on their very next play. But it cannot end like that. It cannot be decided by a bogus penalty call. Anyone recall the, the Saints game and the playoffs a few years ago? Apologize if any Saints fans are listening. I'm going to trigger you real hard right now. just, you know, trigger warning there, blown pass interference call, cost you in the playoffs, sent you home packing. It cannot happen. It's a major issue. And now let me get into the next thing, because that for Sunday was considered by some pundits, by some people, some talking heads to possibly be the worst call in NFL history. Now that's debatable. Because there are some other more consequential ones. This is a regular season game, and that matters. Trust me, it absolutely matters. But there are some other consequential calls that happen in the playoffs in the past. Namely, I'm going to trigger warning myself, other fellow Chiefs fans, Jeff Triplett's garbage forward progress call when we were playing the Titans in 2018. You guys recall that? I'm sure you do. I'm still scarred to this day. I shudder when I think about it. I look at the Titans and I just I just get angry. It's happened in the past. There have been awful calls that cost games in the playoffs. But now we come here. We fast forward. The Buccaneers win because of this. Possibly. Certainly change the outcome of the game. Change the trajectory. If nothing else. You can at least give me that. But then they had to just one-up it. Jerome Boger, you know, not... He was going to be outdone. The very next day, Monday night football, prime time in the lights, Arrowhead Stadium, GEHA Field. The lights are bright. The atmosphere is outrageous. Fans blowing out eardrums every moment. Game is on. The Raiders are absolutely taking it to the Chiefs in the first half. Go up 17 to nothing. Absolutely taking it to them. And like I said, I'm a massive Chiefs fan, but they were getting their butts kicked and it wasn't really close. Well, here we come. Momentum starts to shift. Chiefs score. We're almost near halftime. We're approaching halftime. The Raiders are driving a little bit. Chris Jones beats his man around the edge. Comes up, sacks Derek Carr, Raiders quarterback. And if you saw it, you already know where I'm going. If you didn't, I'll explain it to the best I can. He sacks him, but as soon as he hits him, he wraps him up. At the same moment he hits him, he dislodges the football from Derek Carr. In that same moment, he secures possession with his right arm. So again, mind you, possession has now changed. It is the Chiefs' ball. In that same moment, Chris Jones has the presence of mind as he's falling that he has the football, he wants to hold on and secure the football, and it would have been easier just to fall on Derek Carr and to throw his body weight on because he has the football now. He doesn't want to fumble it back himself. But instead, Chris Jones has the presence of mind to brace the fall with his left arm, to lessen the impact for himself and for Derek Carr. He actually goes out of his way to brace it the fall while he has the football in his right arm. And Carl Sheffers, or Sheffers, I apologize on that. I'm not exactly 100% on the pronunciation, but Carl Sheffers, Referee, behind the play, throws the flag. Personal foul, roughing the passer. And he claims that it now does not matter that there was a fumble, that there was a strip sack, because he said that he was in a throwing posture, and so he gets all the protection. It doesn't matter. He said he launched or landed his body weight, through his body weight onto Derek Carr, which is essentially the rule that was back from I can't remember exactly. I think it was Anthony Barr or or another linebacker for the Vikings purposefully landed on Aaron Rodgers, broke his collarbone, really bad deal several years ago, maybe 2017, 2018. That's the basis for that call. And there are justified reasons to use it and to call it. I'm not arguing that we do need to protect the quarterbacks. But in this case, that was simply not what happened. Chris Jones took the ball. He forced the turnover. He braces with his left hand. There is in no way, shape, or form that is roughing the passer. He did not launch his body weight onto Derek Carr. He did not try to harm him whatsoever. And as much was said after the game, because apparently, and I didn't even really know this, but I guess Chris Jones and Derek Carr are somewhat friendly. I don't know if they're really friends or just friendly or whatnot, but I guess he spoke to Derek after, and Derek was kind of laughing and couldn't understand why it was called either. He had no idea. But again, I don't involve Derek at all. It's his team. They're an arrowhead. They don't win there almost ever. Couple times, you know, out of 20 something games, they need a win. I get it. I'd be going for it too, be like, yeah, absolutely, sweet. Rough at the passer, let's rock. Like, I don't blame Derek Carr at all or the Raiders, but this call cannot happen. And after the game in the pool report, Carl Chevers has asked about it and he defended it. He defended the decision and said he landed with his body weight on him and it's a foul. And that is absolutely false. That's absolutely freaking false. But guess what? I'm not just a complainer. Nobody likes a complainer that doesn't provide solutions. Okay, so that's what I'm here for. And I also, just to show I'm not a homer, I'm not only a Chiefs fan. I can be partial. I'll even I'm even going to play a little bit of devil's advocate too. Okay, just to really you know, cement that, I'll play a little devil's advocate, and I'll handle that first with Carl Cheffers from his angle. Just like I said, to play devil's advocate, I love to do it. You ask my wife, I do it all the time. It's maddening to some people. But, you know, maybe I should have been a lawyer in a different life. Who knows? But I love to play devil's advocate. So from Carl's view, maybe, you know, Chris Jones is a large mammoth of a human being, right? What, 6'5", 300 pounds, whatever. You get the idea. Much bigger than Derek Carr, who's also a big human, but much bigger. From his angle, Chris Jones, that may be all he can see is Chris. So he just sees Chris hit the quarterback. And from his vantage point, it could have looked like he just landed on him and he crushed him and pulverized him into the dirt, you know, into the grass. Maybe that's what it looked like. Okay, so just to play devil's advocate, I don't think Carl's a horrible human being. It's nothing like that. It's not even anything personal to him. The issue is more systemic. And thus leads me to the solution. Other people have already suggested variants and versions of this, but in this case, we are overcorrecting because of a concussion issue and because of quarterbacks getting hurt. We're overcorrecting and we're throwing too many flags for roughing the passer. But I will give you this: I don't mind the throwing of the flag. Also like, I don't mind when it looks like there may have possibly potentially been a turnover. Refs going ahead and calling it a turnover, letting the play play out to its conclusion, because that way, guess what you get to do? If you call it a turnover, there's a booth review. The play is automatically reviewed. We go back and we look, oh, well, never mind. Clearly his knee was down. It's not a fumble. Okay. Or clearly that was an incomplete pass. It wasn't an interception. The ball hit the turf. Perfect. We get the review. We get it right. And we move on with our lives. And everybody sees it. The game is too fast today. The game is played too fast. These athletes are almost otherworldly. It's too fast. You can't put this all on the referees in the heat of the moment. We have instant replay. We have 4K cameras, for goodness sakes, at all angles of the field. We got cameras on the pylons. Sometimes we have cameras on the yard marker, the yard to gain marker, for the first down. We have all of this at our disposal. Don't pick and choose when it's allowed to be used. That doesn't make any sense. Don't do that. Instead, make these penalties reviewable. I don't mind if the flags are being thrown. If a ref, especially from his angle, thinks it looks horrific, it was malicious, he's just trying to hurt him, throw your flag. I'm cool with that. But then let's just go to an automatic booth review and don't spend an hour on it. Just take 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, what have you. That, you know, we can adjudicate later on. We can legislate later on, I should say. But let's go to the booth. Let's get a replay because, from Carl's vantage point, he has one set of eyes. There's a massive humanity with the line, defensive, offensive line, running backs, everything all around him. You can't see everything. You can't. But throw the flag then if you think it is a foul from your angle. Then we go to the booth. We see it from the other angle and it's clear as day that Chris dislodged the ball immediately. Then he braced for impact to avoid the brunt of the fall for both himself and Derek. And then you go back and say, hey, Carl, actually from your angle, maybe it looked like that, but we have an alternate angle. It wasn't. It's actually a turnover. It's a strip sack. You know, turnover on downs. Chiefs ball. There is no penalty. Go ahead and pick it up. Announce it to the crowd. Everyone move on with our day. Boom. Easy easy guys that's what we need to do and we need to do it now and it's really frustrating because they already announced they're not going to make any changes during the season they're going to review it after and they're not going to make any changes during the season i think that's an absolute miss it is it's a miss we need to adjust this and address this now because it's going to cost more games because what are refs supposed to do from their vantage point it might look horrible Haven't you seen that from time to time? I think that's pretty clear. Everyone has seen that where you see a video and it looks awful. It looks horrendous. And then later on, something comes out from an alternate angle, an alternate perspective. And then guess what? It's really not so bad once you see it because it's perspectives matter. Different perspectives change outcomes. They change perceptions. They change reality. There you go. You're welcome, NFL. There's your solution. Just make the change. Just make it reviewable. I guarantee you, no fan is going to stop watching the NFL because games take five to 10 minutes longer because you have to review game-changing plays. No, fans are wanting to get the right outcomes. What we are all sick and tired of is you see a big play and you don't even get excited anymore. There's no excitement. You're just waiting for the flag to be thrown. That's all you're doing. And you can see it with the players too. You can see it at the beginning of the Chiefs game with both teams sacked the opposing quarterback and all they did was obnoxiously and obviously just bear hug the quarterbacks and hold them upright because that was in response to the Tom Brady flag from the day before, just essentially trolling the referees. And then it still happened later in the game. It cannot happen any longer. It needs to be changed. It must be addressed. The NFL has an issue, but I love the NFL. I love football in all forms, college pro. It needs to be changed. It can be changed. Let's just do it and let's move on with our lives. We can't have instant replay and 15 different angles of every single play if we're not going to use them. It doesn't make any sense. It lessens the product and it angers fans unnecessarily. We want to be angry because our team blew it and lost legitimately. We want to be excited and thrilled because we got a big play and our team came back and and won. That's what we want. We're not afraid of emotions as fans. Fan short for fanatic, man. That's what we love, but let it be authentic. Stop changing and altering the course of games and momentum just because a referee doesn't have the exact perfect perspective. Throw the flag. It's fine. Refs are human. I'm not anti-referee. They're humans, but don't put this on them because that's not fair to them either. It's just not. Again, I digress. You're welcome, NFL. Let's get it right. Don't try to be faster, try to be right. Next, I'll move into the second major issue the NFL has and how they can resolve it as well. I'll catch you here in just a moment. Okay, so to continue on here, the next topic I'm going to discuss, it's it's a more sensitive topic, all right? The other one was a little bit more venting. You know, it's not necessarily life and death with the officiating problem we have within the NFL right now. Super frustrating, not the end of the world. Now the next one is a bit tougher, so I just wanted to share kind of my thoughts, feelings, opinions on it a little bit, and we'll go from there, and that is the concussion problem within football in general, but also specifically in reference to the NFL's handling and possibly overcorrection from Tua Tagovailoa, the Miami Dolphins, injury, so if you're unfamiliar earlier in the season, Tua was hit Not really late so much, but a little bit maybe. I believe it was by Matt Milano, a linebacker of the Buffalo Bills. They were playing down in Miami. He was hit as he threw the ball. He flew backward, landed, and his head slammed into the turf. Immediately he got up, was super wobbly, beyond unstable, looked like he didn't even know where he was, couldn't really stand up on his own. He gets, you know, he exits the game. He goes back for medical evaluation. And everyone just assumed he was out for the game because it was. Seemed pretty clear and obvious that he had a head injury, that he had a concussion, he was going to be out. Well, then the second half starts, and it was a shocker, but Tua was back out there. And he ended up leading them to a victory after all of that. But no one expected him to come back out, and it was a bit of a shock. And the Dolphins, I believe, stated there was a back injury and another type of injury. I can't remember the other one. It was a back and some other injury, not a head injury. And it just seemed really odd. And no one believed it, but he came back out. He played pretty well. They won the game. Well, then everyone's still a little upset over it, but moving on, fast forward just a few days, the Dolphins just so happen to be up for Thursday night football for this next week, playing the Bengals. And lo and behold, Tua gets sacked again. And this sack was much more brutal, at least in appearance. The other one, he got hit in the air, but it was more pushback. The guy didn't land on him or, or throw him really. It was just his head slamming into the turf, uh, basically on accident. You know, It's just kind of how it goes sometimes when you fall. But in the Bengals game, it was a lot more vicious. He got thrown to the ground. His head just completely slammed into the turf, bounced off. He was essentially knocked unconscious, and he went into a fencing position, which if you don't know what that is, or if you didn't see it, feel free to Google it, look it up. It's absolutely terrifying. It's basically where your hands get stuck. They become static in in a certain pose, if you will. They become very rigid. It's a response to neurological trauma. It's a big deal. It's very, very, very bad. And honestly, it's just horrific to watch as a fan, as anyone, right? So this happened and thus sparked an even further debate because, of course, he didn't come back into that game. But then it begged the question, well, we already didn't really believe you before, But now you put him back in the very next game, what, four or five days later, and he gets another head injury that was just one of the worst I've ever seen on a football field. I mean, I've been watching football for 25 years now, and I don't know that I've seen a worse head injury than that, at least in appearance. So then now what we have is a correction, because a correction needed to be made, because there were issues and concerns about the NFL's concussion protocol whether it was handled properly or not, whether someone lied, someone didn't, you know, maybe it was incompetence, maybe X, Y, and Z, who knows? You weren't in the room. If I I wasn't in the room, nobody knows for sure, and you're never going to know. I believe the NFLPA, the Players Association, they are conducting an investigation. If it hasn't already ended at this point, I'd have to check. But what happened is there's an independent, basically an independent doctor that's supposed to help prevent these things from happening because you hope a doctor that is an actual MD won't, you know, cheat the system and put a guy back in when it's, you know, it's goes against his health. But there's always that thought of, well, if they're the Miami dolphins team, doctor, or the Cincinnati Bengals team, doctor, like, you know, there's always a chance, right? Because if they're employed by the team, can they really be unbiased, completely impartial, like impartial, everything. So they hired an independent doctor, and then the independent doctor allowed him back in is what the claim was. And they claimed that then later, maybe they didn't really evaluate the head because the Dolphins said it was a back injury. So there's just a lot of a lot of issues here in this that I'm not here to, to litigate that process. I'm more wanting to discuss in general about the reaction and possible overreaction to this injury. Football, and I love the way, so I've said it before, I love listening to Colin Cowherd is over on FS1 phenomenal. If you haven't heard of him, if you love podcasts, love talking and hearing about sports, go give him a listen. He's absolutely fantastic. But I mean he makes a good point here because he says that, you know, football is inherently a violent sport. Like you you there it's regulated violence, right? You can't get rid of violence in football. You just can't. It's very large, very athletic grown men slamming their bodies into each other. If for 60 minutes, you're not going to legislate out violence. So you need to find ways to make it a little bit safer. And that's absolutely valid. But what I'm afraid is going to happen is you're going to have a shift. And I think we're already seeing that with these rough in the passer penalties. Where in, in just the weeks after, just in the couple of weeks after, you're seeing rough in the passer penalties that were not being called even at the beginning of the season. And certainly not even in the last couple of seasons when concussions have been top of mind. You're, you weren't seeing these, and now they're getting more, as a lot of people would say, ticky-tack, right? To where, Or a little soft, something like that. I'm not a big proponent of that word. I actually kind of hate that word, but just sharing, that's what some people are calling it, right? And I, I kind of get what they're coming from, and I kind of get where the other side's coming from, to be honest. But what we need to do is really find a balance between just the reality that football is a violent sport And then also, at the same time, obviously, we cannot allow defensive linemen, linebackers, whomever, to just grab a quarterback and lift him in the air and pile drive him into the turf. Of course, we can't have that. But at the same time, we need to let the players play. To a certain extent, we need to let them play football. It is part of a referee's job. It needs to be, I should say. It needs to be part of a referee's job to have that judgment. In the moment, was he clearly and obviously trying to hurt this guy? Like did he pick him up and pile drive him? Did he body slam him? Did he throw him? these these elements you can look at and you can make that determination. And then again, if in doubt, throw the flag, we take and then we take it to a review. okay? I think that's what needs to happen because I, I nobody wants concussions to happen in football. Nobody likes injuries in football. Are you kidding me? You are, it it may be very difficult to help you if you think that's actually the case. Nobody wants people getting injured, but it's a certain level of regulated violence that needs to happen in this sport. Otherwise, it's no longer football. It's just true. And that's not just a hearkening back to the old days because it's not that. Because when I was growing up, and I'm not that old, but when I was growing up, That was what we were shown in Little League, in JV, you know, freshman team, JV, varsity in high school, everything. That's what we were shown was reels of guys absolutely blowing players up, causing real damage. And a lot of those really should have been penalties, right? I'm not saying to get, you know, get rid of all penalties and just let it be a free for all out there. You'll get somebody killed. That's not what I'm saying but we need to be careful and avoid this overreaction. That's the biggest issue. We want to have games decided by the players. If you have a play, especially a consequential play, where a defensive lineman beats his man off the ball, he beats the offensive lineman off the ball, it's a clear and obvious sack. It's clear that he beat him off the ball, and he makes the tackle on the quarterback, and it is not egregious. He is not clearly aiming to harm him then there should not be a flag. There shouldn't be. And I have the same issue with a lot of pass interference calls. If it's clear and obvious that it was not, like it, or I should say it needs to be clear and obvious that it was pass interference, right? Because it's gotten to the point, like I said in the previous segment, when I now am watching a football game, if I see a big play, if I see a sack, if I see an interception or a touchdown, it does not matter. Kick return, punt return, it doesn't matter. I no longer get an initial feeling of excitement. I already am skeptical. I'm looking for the flag. I'm looking down at the scoreboard on the graphic on the TV package, looking for it to flash yellow, flag on the play, right? Because I no longer even believe that big plays happen in football. And some of this is in college as well. Don't get me wrong. This isn't just the NFL's issue. But I no longer get that initial welling up of excitement, right? Like where I want to yell and scream and and get excited, jump up and down. Like that's hard harder for me now because I'm already just anticipating this coming up. Where oh, it's another flag here. It's another flag there. It's frustrating. Nobody want we want referees. Fans want referees to call out the egregious, the absolutely awful and obvious penalties. That's what we want. If a cornerback gets beat by a receiver. He sees the ball thrown in the air and he just straight up tackles the receiver to avoid the known touchdown that's coming. That's a flag. I'm cool with that. If both players are fighting for the ball and are looking for the ball, that should not ever be a penalty on the defense just because they're the defender. And don't get me wrong. I'm a huge component for offense. I love good offense. Offense is exciting. Obviously, I'm a Chiefs fan. I love efficient and productive and explosive offense, but what I hate is just a big play happening, and now I feel like I have to look over and look for the flag that I just know is coming. It's frustrating. I think it it lessens the product. And don't get me wrong. Football is absolutely king in the United States of America. It is king, and I hope it becomes king in a lot of other places here in the future. I love football. It is my passion. I want to be involved in it my entire life. I love everything about it. I get chills. I tell my wife this all the time. There are, there's basically nothing else on this planet that gives me chills, that can make me get emotional, like anything like that other than football. It basically doesn't exist. Football is special and near and dear to my heart. I just want it to be played at the highest level. I want referees to exist to do their job, to call out egregious and awful and obviously illegal plays and penalties. That is what I want them there for. Not for little ticky-tack stuff all the time. And that goes both ways. It doesn't matter if it's just my team or not. I just want it in general. I want the players to play. And then when you see a flag come out, you're shocked. That's what I want. That's what I should be as a fan. I should be shocked when I see a flag come out. I shouldn't be expecting it just because I see a big play. Hopefully that makes sense. But again, I love football. I need to be absolutely clear. I love football. It is my absolute passion in this life. I just want to see it continue to succeed and grow. And I want players to be safe. Player safety has to be such a huge factor. But again, we just have to be careful that we don't overcorrect and over legislate and ruin the product in the process of trying to make improvements. I hope that makes sense. Again, I'm really passionate about it. But we'll see where it goes. Maybe I'll keep updating as as things progress, but I don't think we're really going to get much else on this other than probably going to get a few more awful rough-in-the-passer calls this season since they already announced there's probably going to be zero corrections made or adjustments made during the season. So we're probably stuck with this for the time being. But again, hopefully all that makes sense and we'll go ahead and move into the next portion. Now, again, if you haven't already... Please hit that like, follow, subscribe button, what have you, whichever platform you're listening on, the Write is Rhyme podcast. Obviously, we're hosted here on Spotify, but available on basically anywhere you get your podcast. I appreciate appreciate it very much. Thank you. We'll move on to the next segment. Now with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Again, this has been episode 6 of the Writers Rhyme podcast, hosted here on Spotify and wherever you get your podcast. Please, if you don't mind, throw any type of support the way you can, likes, follows, you know, subscribe to the podcast. It helps out a ton. Share it on social media wherever, you know, like, retweet, any of that, it absolutely helps. But as always, I've absolutely loved talking about you know different things going on in the sports world this week we were real heavy in a couple topics usually i do like three maybe four today we're a little bit less but a little more substantive on those specific topics and i think it is important right i absolutely think it's important but i've had a great time i'll be back again here soon for episode seven so stay tuned for that one but it's been a blast thank you to every last person that listens to the podcast you help more than you can know but thanks for tuning in again And as always, if you have any topics you want to hear, you're interested in, you want me to cover, just feel free to let me know. Drop a comment, something like that in in the portion underneath the, the posts here. But any of that helps. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it as always, more than you can know. And as always, be good, be curious, and above all, be opinionated. Until next time.